Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. Motley Fool Money. Stock of the Week. G'day, fools, and welcome to, I think it's pretty fair to say, the Motley Fool's marquee YouTube series and podcast series, Motley Fool Stock of the Week, where we bring you... Well, a bit of a look behind the curtain, a bit of the peek around to see what's on the inside of a Motley Fool membership. We give you one of our current buy recommendations for free on the Motley Fool Money podcast feed and our YouTube channel, which is simply the Motley Fool Australia. And stock of the week is, well, it's what you'd expect. One stock, once a week, straight to you, straight via these channels. If you've listened or watched this before, you know what I'm about to say next. I know it sounds the same. I know I say it every week, but it's because it's important and because if this is your first time, it's really important that I make sure you know that. So here's my three. I'll go in reverse order, try and mix it up a bit. The first thing is we can't give you personal advice. We can only provide general advice. That means we can say we think you should buy company X, but we can't know if it's right for you. So we'll say we think the company's a buy. You need to decide is it right for you in your circumstances, your risk tolerance, all that stuff. We say buy, you decide whether that buy is right for you. Secondly, We are long-term investors at The Motley Fool. So we're looking out three, five, maybe even longer, more years down the track. So we don't know, don't guess, don't try and work out where the share price will be in an hour or a day or a week or a month or even a year. We are looking way down the track and trying to work out whether the companies we're bringing you are likely to be market-beating investments over that sort of period of time. Long-term is the only way we think you should invest. That's what we do. So it's important to say we're not saying the stock's going to go up this week, this month, or this year. Lastly, we're recording this on the 28th of September, 2021. We could change our mind on this stock soon or not. It could be a buy forever. It could be a buy not for much longer. We hope we try and bring you businesses we think will be buyers for the long term. Otherwise, these videos are a waste of time. So we expect that will be a buy for a while yet. But, of course, circumstances change. Prices change. Businesses change. Competitive landscapes change. Laws and regulations. All sorts of things. So it's a buy for us at The Motley Fool right now. We hope it'll be a buy for months to come, but we can't promise. We would never try and promise that. So please, if it's been a while since the 28th of September, 2021, if you're looking at this in 2022 or 2023, thanks for taking a step back in time with us. Just remember this may not be a live buy recommendation by the time you see this video. All right, boilerplate is out of the way. I said important, but out of the way. All that's left for me to do is introduce you to today's Motley Fool star analyst, Benny O and the company Life360. G'day, Benny. How are you? Hey, Scott. I'm well. How are you doing? Mate, I'm very well, thank you. And I'm excited about this one. Can I say I've been doing this job for a little while and I've been investing for even longer. I pride myself in having a working knowledge of most of the companies on the ASX. But i got to say, when you sent me today's stock of the week, you sent me the ticker code first and I had to look it up. I had no idea that ticker code ASX360 was Life360 and I know even less about what it does. And I actually resisted the temptation to check, mate. So I just want to be more fun if I basically came into this completely cold and just thought, you know what, I'll trust Benny to give us all the uh, the good information, the inside information, the stuff we need to know on what Life360 is, what it does, how it works, why he likes it. And then I get to view this basically like our viewers are and our listeners are right now and experience it for the first time as they are. So, mate, without any further ado, because there's been lots of ado so far, let's get into the company. Life360, straight up, what does it do? Scott, mate, you're paying, placing a lot of pressure on me, um, putting a lot of trust in this <laughs> Exactly. Uh, it's all up to you, mate. I, I have no help whatsoever today. <laughs> so, you did mention, right, the ticker code is ASX360. So, I think it's one mm-hmm. of the first companies with um, 
all numerics uh, as the ticket code. Must um, be, yeah, yeah. But at a, at a very high level, it's a family safety digital platform, and so okay. it's actually got a core offering of a um, what it's Light Three Sixty mobile application. So it's got a mobile app, and what this app is designed to do, it's it's meant to help families and friends um, stay safe and protected through a range of innovative features um, that include um, communication tools or location sharing and monitoring, as well as um, alert notifications. Um, and so ultimately the vision of the company is actually to be the family network, um, similar to how Facebook is to social. And if you can think about it, LinkedIn is to professionals. So oh, makes sense. the reason it started is predominantly based from uh, back in 2005, Hurricane Katrina in the US. So this created a lot of issues mm. where families were, I guess, a lot, there was a lot of missing children away from their families. And so um, the co-founders, um, Chris Hulls and Alex Harrow, they decided to design this platform to help families reconnect after big emergencies. But it became a bigger mm. idea. And now its purpose is obviously to help families stay connected and, and also give a peace of mind to parents especially with kids uh, at the age of, I'll say, 6 to 17-year-olds. Um, but it listed in the Australian Stock Exchange uh, in 2019. And so since then, it's actually been trading below its IPO price of around $4.80, I believe, or $4. Uh, okay. But so it was very misunderstood. Misunder, uh, I guess it was very unappreciated. Um, mm. It only rebounded back to its share price, uh, IPO share price, uh, March this year. Um, and so I'll probably talk to a lot of the, of the reasons why and, and how that came about. Um, but a bit more about the business, um, it's, mm. it's moving beyond just the location use cases and it's actually adopting more, I guess, a platform design for all life stages of a family life cycle. And so what that means is I think uh, Chris Hulls, the CEO, he likes to put it as think of your Apple's Find My iPhone but with stero- on steroids. And so it's got all these family-specific features, adopt, right. uh, I guess, embedded into it. Uh, so it's providing right. any anything that's uh, any safety features, like um, from digital to physical, even driver safety. Mm-hmm. So um, they've okay. actually what they've done is they've actually created this membership model, uh, and this membership model where they can um, convert a lot of the free users into paid members, and this paid membership provides, I guess, more premium features. And you can think of your your crash detection, your roadside assistance, similar to what you get from NRMA. Um, you also get um, phone protection. So if you lose your phone, they cover a certain percentage of the phone. Oh, wow. uh, and okay. also they've got emergency dispatches, uh, which is incredible because I think they've already uh, they've already had seven thousand six hundred emergency um, dispatches go out to to save lives, which is incredible. Um, but this is predominantly in the US, so that they've, they've got that large market in the US, and I'll probably talk to a bit more about the US market as well. But that's that's a very high level of the company. Cool. So I'm seeing app, I'm seeing social network, I'm seeing family. Am I getting close to kind of where it's sweet? So it is somewhere in between all that, or maybe the point is across all of that in a way that other companies aren't. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's trying to be. A, a one-stop platform for anything that's family safety related or even coordination. So um, it's moving to that, uh, I guess, whole life cycle range where it's mm-hmm. not just for the kids now and they're just trying to move into other parts in terms of elderly care as well as um, um, pets as well. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole plethora of things. 
Very cool. I like it a lot. I'm uh, I'm keen to hear more about it because I I can imagine, as you say, some of those use cases already coming to mind. Everything from uh, wondering where the toddlers are through to uh, wondering if Granny's okay. So <laughs> I, I, I'm hearing that maybe, maybe the, the teenager driving the car too. I can I can absolutely see why a worried uh, parent or maybe maybe son or, or daughter, if I think about uh, elderly relatives, uh, might want to use something like this. Let's let's move from that, mate. Then, if we can, into why we like the company as an investment. So you've talked about what it does. So we, we have a sense of of that, which is great. So I'm feeling a little bit more informed a little bit more uh, educated, which is great. But why would I want to buy Life360 as an investment? Very good question, Scott. So there's probably various reasons, but the first one I'll point to is it's actually had a rapid growth and it's actually been a really resilient business. And right now it's starting to regain a lot of momentum. Um, So prior to the pandemic, it's actually, its revenue actually grew at a compound annual growth rate of around 73% between the years of 2017 and 2019. Wow, and 2020 hit <laughs> and COVID was a significant hit win for the business because its primary yeah. functions relies on people being out and about. So right. when everyone's stuck yeah. at home, yeah. they obviously their business was actually being a bit uh, hit from the pandemic. You know where, you, uh, you know where your kids was, are during lockdown, they're in the next room, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't need to check, right? They, they won't be leaving, yeah, exactly, they won't be driving. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but what surprised on the upside and, and to a lot of investors was the business was, re- was an incredibly resilient business throughout the whole pandemic. And so revenue right. actually grew every quarter during this period. And, and in fact, in the calendar year of 2020, um, its revenue grew, I believe it was 29%. And so this really demonstrated the underlying business model of the company. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I, didn't, I forget to mention before that they've, they've got two types of sources of revenue. There's direct revenue, which I mentioned about from the membership, and there's also mm-hmm. indirect revenue, which is also where they've got a lot of data on their platform that they can use as lead generation. So they use it for insurance, for instance, or they can use it for um, the COVID yeah. dashboard movements. So there's a lot of use cases where they generate revenue from there. Uh, but as the US economy opened up, as we saw, um, you saw this as a, a major beneficiary for the business. Um, the first half of this year, its revenue grew 27%. And and, and and as we see vaccination rates kind of continue growing, mm. uh, you'll likely see more people moving around freely. And, and I think this is going to be an additional boost for the, the growth of the business going forward. Um, another point is it's, it's a clear dominant market leader in its category of family safety solutions. Um, it's got a global-based users of I think 32 million so that's substantial wow. it's a very large and engaged yeah. user base and so Jeez. this is predominantly driven from word of mouth so very low paid marketing expenses uh, and they've also grew this from social media a very funny story was the ceo saw there was a lot of hatred from teenagers on tiktok for instance. <laughs> I bet there was. <laughs> they were creating a lot of meme type videos <laughs> and, and and pointing it onto right. him but he, he wanted, obviously, to divide this attention and, and, and kind of address it and, and explain the awkwardness of location sharing or, and, and the reason why he developed this app and this, this platform. And it was actually for, for the kids and the parents to build independence and trust. And so by doing this, the kids and the teenagers realized that this guy is actually a genuine bloke. He's actually not here, out here to, to, to attack on the teenagers. So what Chris did on the platform was he actually said to all the parents that were abusing the app that he doesn't want them on the platform. And so that gained a lot of popularity, a lot of viral uh, on the on the platform. And so, in fact, it was actually the number one social media platform globally for over like a, a couple of months. Um, wow. So it gained a lot of new user registrations there and it created a new baseline from that. 
Um, but I also mentioned about how they got a membership. That mm. large user base of 32 million, um, 1 million or 4 million actually has actually converted into what they call paying circles. Um, right. What that paying circle means, it's actually a, um, a proxy for family groups. And so there's actually 1 million family groups or for about 4 million subscribers. So right, okay. this is actually what's driving a lot of that revenue growth. And they've seen that accelerate throughout COVID and even further mm. once the recovery kind of picks up slowly. Um, and also I think I'd like to point out that um, they actually operate in a very large market opportunity. So mm. in the US alone, which is where they're predominantly based, uh, there's 63 million parents with children uh, under the age of 18 and living at home. So that's a significant market. Uh, and, and there's a lot of runway for them to actually continue growing. Uh, but to combine that with that, the, the large market opportunity, they're actually looking to expand internationally. So they recently launched into Canada and they're using that as like a pilot program to test the waters and understand um, what it is to take to replicate the success it has in the US and what are the resources required. So once they've got that, I guess, data on how to expand internationally, they'll likely move their membership offering into Australia, the UK, uh, and the Western Europe, where they've got similar demographics and similar, I guess, culture. Um, but uh, yeah, these are some of the main points. Uh, uh, mm. I like, actually, I like, I like to add a last one. Um, they've got incredible structural tailwinds and optionality at play as well. Um, what I mean by that is, uh, before I mentioned COVID was being a significant headwind, but it's actually becoming a growing tailwind. So, so right now, what we're seeing is people are eager to be out and about. A lot of data is showing that people are moving around. There's a bit of mobility. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of traveling. Um, but people are now also more conscious about health, safety, and having a peace of mind, especially for the kids. And so combining this whole uh, tailwind with the world using technology going forward, um, it's actually uh, allowing Life360's business becoming more relevant than prior than pre-pandemic. And we've seen that uh, kind of really translate into its higher membership adoption. And I think that's only going to further accelerate as we see acceleration of uh, the vaccinations. No, I gotta say too, mate. As, uh, as, as a parent, uh, when teenagers are complaining about the fact that parents are tracking them, you probably know you're onto the right thing too. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the TikTok didn't actually work in in, uh, in life through sixties favors by parents going. If the kids are complaining, we're probably doing something okay. But maybe that's been being cynical. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. My unblock's only eight, so we've got plenty of, plenty of time for that to uh, to become a problem at some point for us. Uh, mate, before I get onto the risks of investment, let me do the quick social media shout out because if you are on social media, there is a million different ways. Well, roughly maybe a few less, to follow The Motley Fool. Ben, are you on Twitter or Instagram? No, not yet, but I, I will soon. All right. We've got to get you there, mate. In the meantime, <laughs> you can follow The Motley Fool's corporate account on Twitter and Insta at The Motley Fool AU, pretty straightforward. You can follow me on Twitter and Insta at TMF, that's The Motley Fool, at TMF Scott P. If you're on Facebook and who's not, we're not on Life360 yet, maybe we'll get there. If you're on Facebook, uh, The Motley Fool Australia, pretty straightforward, or Scott Phillips Money is my work page. If you're listening to this on the podcast, thank you for doing that. You can check us out on YouTube. Uh, you have to stick up, stick with my face, but uh, you get Benny's more attractive face if you if you watch it on YouTube. So go to the Motley Fool Australia. You can find our channel. Do like and subscribe. If you're already doing that, thank you for watching. Make sure you hit the notification bell while you're here, and maybe check out 
the Motley Fool Money podcast and The Good Oil with Scott Phillips. They're both great podcasts. I would say that. I host them both. But uh, I think you'll enjoy them. And again, they're free. So some good, foolish investing content on both of those places right across all these different social media platforms and for free. We're not yet on TikTok, Benny. We're not yet on Life360. Maybe that's in our future. I'll have to uh, let you young blokes tell me whether or not that's uh, something we should be doing. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Let's get to the risks of an investment. As I say every week, um, we do think Life360 in this case is a buy. But we don't want ever want our viewers, listeners, members to be blind to the risks of an investment. Things can go wrong. There are things that we need to weigh up. And so we always include a risk section in all of our recommendations. I'm pretty sure ever in Australia, at least as far as I'm aware. What are some of the risks of an investment in Life360 as we speak today, mate? Some of the risks. So I think the elephant in the room is uh, COVID. So the Delta variant Mm. remains a key risk. Um, I, I did mention how they're resilient throughout COVID, but we've seen how fast Delta has actually spread globally and, and how, uh, how quickly can infections rise. Um, mm. But uh, I think the purpose behind this is with Life360, there's a lot of leverage with the US reopening and there's a lot of leverage. I think there's a lot of key drivers such as the back to school that's currently happening in the US as well as the Christmas holiday season. So those are major key drivers for Life360's business. And what we've seen currently is that um, while the path to a post-pandemic world is still a bit uncertain and muddy, we're seeing good signs in Life360's business. So there's an uplift of current new US registrations, especially ahead of this back-to-school season. And so they've seen a massive uptick, which is really, really good signs. Um, And also the vaccination rates. In the US, I think it's believe 65% have been fully vaccinated of the age of 12 and above. Uh, whereas in contrast, in Australia, that's around 52% for 16-year-olds and above. So mm. they're obviously at a higher vaccination rate than Australia and the rest of the world. But this, I think what we have to highlight here is Delta still does remain a key risk. And, and mm. if there's any major disruptions to mobility, which it did last year, this definitely poses a risk for a business like Life360. Um, mm. Secondly, um, potential competition. Um Location services, as you know, um, Scott, isn't exclusive to Life360. You've got global yeah. tech giants like Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, and Google. I've heard, I've heard them. Many of them. They're, they're, they're yeah. <laughs> yeah. But big names. Uh, they've got some kind of variant yeah. of the functionality that's already embedded in their products. Right. And so one thing I like to say that is that Facebook and Google was actually early investors in Life360. Uh, in oh, fact, right. Google um, Google has actually shut down their family tracking app or, or, or platform and has, has actually now collaborated with Life360 and to be oh, their cool. default family location provider for any Google-assisted um, enabled devices. So that's an incredible cool, yeah. step up for yeah. Life360. Uh, but I think to ha- the, the bottom line over here is that if Life360 does fail to kind of innovate or to expand its offering mm. or products, Competition from other tech giants, I'm probably alluding to Apple or Microsoft, will definitely be a key threat. Um, They've got significant resources uh, and they can aggressively enter this market. Um, The last key risk that I like to point to is Life360 currently is loss-making. It's not yet profitable. So it is investing a lot and heavily into growth. And it's it's shown in, it's, it's demonstrated this through its research and development expenses. Uh, but it, it is continuously 
uh, in, in, I guess, growing this uh, top line revenue. But in order to do this, is actually increasing its spend on sales and marketing further, especially from next year. And they're going to try to see what they can get to in terms of their revenue growth, whether they can really ramp it up. Uh, but what COVID has demonstrated to them is that they're able to reach cash flow break even if needed. So they've got very, I guess, very prudent ca- steward of capital for management uh, and they can actually allocate their capital more efficiently than, than they previously known. Um, but what I like to highlight here is that like the key risk here is probably execution. So if they fail to execute, that could be a major, uh, I guess, issue for the business growth down the track. Yeah, nice, man. It wouldn't be the first company investing a lot of money in a great new system or process or uh, software design to have to junk it and go back to square one, right, and simply just miss the mark. So I've seen that plenty, plenty of times in plenty of different places. Man, there's a really thorough summary of the, of the risk. Thank you. Question on valuation just quickly off uh, off script, but I'm sure you got it covered. Um, you mentioned it's not making any money. How do you think about just the price we're paying for Life360 shares today? I'm glad you asked that, actually, because that uh, I should have pointed out in the um, the reasons why we're investing. So the, the management has actually voiced that they, they, they seem a bit undervalued in Australia uh, and they had intentions to kind of jewel this in the US. Oh, okay. maybe, yep. the, maybe the NASDAQ potentially, but um, the reason behind this is because there's a, I guess, a US peer that's a, the closest comparable they're about to, there's a company called Next Door Neighbor, and they're okay. a company, a social network app that connects neighborhoods. So think about providing a platform that increases communication between communities, alerts dangers in a neighborhood, reports on news or crime around the area. So this company is about to, um, or it's actually um, signing up via a SPAC, a special purpose uh, acquisition vehicle. Uh, into the NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange, one of the above. But essentially what they're doing, they're valuing the company of $4.3 billion. They've got $700 million, $800 million in cash. So the enterprise value there is probably $3.5 billion. But at that enterprise value and with its revenues generated, it's actually at a revenue multiple of around 19, 20 times. And compare that to Live360, which is currently around 11 times revenue. So... Mm. The management sees that there's potential if they're for dual listing for it to, for the share price to re-rate and to, for that multiple to kind of narrow. And so that's kind of catalyst for a lot of this uh, growth to ASL rate or for the share price to kind of replicate the comparable in the US. Nice. Thank you very much. All right, Benny, here's our patented ending to this particular video series, the 60-second elevator pitch. You've given us a great summary of the company. You've told us why we should invest. You've given us the risks. Now, here's your chance in 60 seconds while we go from the first floor to the 35th, maybe. I don't know how long it takes. But how do you go? For, how far do you go? 60 seconds, a fair way, I'd imagine. Let's go to the 35th floor. Give us the elevator pitch for why our viewers and listeners should invest in Life360 shares today. So, Life360 is a clear market leader in a very niche category of family safety solutions. Um, it's got a large and engaged user base that it can monetize through its paid subscription. Uh, it's been resilient throughout COVID, but it's now growing stronger with the post-pandemic recovery. And, and lastly, it's got many growth drivers and optionality. And it, if it continues executing well, I believe it will deliver meaningful returns over the long term for shareholders. Very nice. How's that? Nice and succinctly put. We didn't get didn't even get to the fifteenth floor, mate. You, you've got another 
20 floors to talk about something else, but we won't do that now. We'll leave that till after this taping. Uh, Fools, thank you for spending some time with us, with myself and with Benny, to hear more about Life360, a company I'm going to have a much closer look at. Now I at least know what it is, what it does, and why I should invest in it. As a parent myself, it's something I think I'll uh, probably become acquainted with over the next few years, I should imagine. My young bloke's a little bit too young to have a phone, but it won't be too long, I don't think. Uh, so I might uh, I might have to check out Life360's products. Benny, thank you for a, a thorough and entertaining summary, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, God. Thanks for having me. A pleasure, mate. And thank you for watching this installment, can I call it a short episode, of Motley Fool's Stock of the Week. We hope to have you back next time. We'll be back later in the week with a stock in focus on YouTube and some other content as well and on the podcast with our regular Friday and Sunday episodes. So stay tuned for all of those. Until then, and in the meantime, full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.